Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Hello, good evening, good morning, whenever you're listening. Fine folks at home. Mm-hmm. How's it going, Trev? Pretty good. Boink. Got a drink there. Yep. Are you drinking? Yeah, for once. Um, five Seeds Crisp Apple. Nice. Let's do click, bitch. <laughs> That's the preamble out of the way. Nobody wants to hear what we're drinking or what we're doing. Click pitch. This is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three, two, one, click. We each click, refresh, get a new word. Jam jam them together. Connect them into some strange game design Frankenstein. Frank design. design. There you go. Something like that. Yeah. And then we bring it to life. It's alive. Should we do it? Yeah, three, two, one. <laughs> knocking. Computation. Ooh, knocking computation. I'm picturing some sort of- Like, you know how there are, there are a few games out there that when they provide complex enough systems, like Minecraft or something, people build computers out of them? Mm-hmm. That this is some sort of game where um, we just put the building blocks together for, like, transmitting information via, like, knocking on a- I don't know, a pipe or something it travels along the pipe, comes out the other end. So, Morse code. Well, yeah, but it, could, it can trigger things, right? And so, we just provide the, the, base, the base tools for being able to, like, combine these sounds in some way or, and send them along pipes and, like, repeaters to, to send them further on to, to make some sort of construction game out of it. And people will then build, you know, basic com- computers and put fucking Doom on there or something. What I would like to see- mm. And this may or may not work, but just the idea of knocking, I kind of like the idea of there being a physical knock sort of happening. Mm, yeah. So, you have to actually have the Donkey Konga bongos. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know about having to have them. I think it would be a good accessory. I kind of like the idea that, like some of these games, and look, I may be a little- uh, uh, Influenced by the fact that we're going to go and play Satisfactory after this. But I like the idea that initially you just, you literally have to hit it with a stick. Um, but that lets you like automate things because it sends the sound down and that triggers a thing and like turns on a machine or something. I, I don't know, or, or communicates with something to tell it to do something. But then later on, you're literally building machines that then hit other pipes or like a series of pipes to fire off multiple things at once. Like that's maybe how you're transmitting the information. Maybe they're just like, Maybe it's like monkeys. Maybe it's not machines. Maybe it's monkeys. And when they hear a sound, they'll repeat it. <laughs> um, but if you haven't, like early on, you haven't trained your monkeys up well enough, they won't always get it right. Like they only get it right like 85% of the time or something. So you can have shit go wrong because you sent the wrong message or they sent the wrong message when repeating it. Um, Jesus Christ. Go <laughs> <laughs> on. I think we could build something cool there. <laughs> Systems based. Yeah. I, I think it's one of those things that. Um, kind of like a, like a, uh, well, you said satisfactory. So yeah. I'm thinking in, in the satisfactory way of you sort of got to go off and like forage for things. Um, so you don't just have all the tools to make all yeah. the pipes that you need. Well, and you've got to keep your um, monkeys fed. Eventually you're yeah. getting to the point where you're, you're, you've got automated monkey machines that feed the other monkeys to keep your actual <laughs> stuff going. Uh, and, and the end goal is to just, like basically have a perpetual motion machine which 
you know, maybe within our game, we can make it so you can output more energy than you put in because then you just like feed one banana to the first monkey and they hit a bunch of pipes, which, which like goes along, which triggers things to pick more bananas to feed more monkeys to trigger more things. And then eventually that first monkey gets a banana and keeps, and the whole cycle goes over again. (laughs) (laughs) But what happens when one inevitably like, He's about to get get sound. Yep. But he's masturbating. So he's he's <laughs> uh, there's also he's otherwise occupied. Aut- automated um, castration of monkeys. <laughs> on the co- they go along the like conveyor, cut sl- sl- slices their balls off. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, oh. that- <laughs> there's also there is going to be a lot of just poop. Uh, yeah. And I mean, maybe you can build that into the communication system. I don't know, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> we are the amazing drumming monkeys. They're like a local kids. Hey, we're the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all mon- obviously monkey based like uh soundtrack. Uh Then I saw your poop. <laughs> and I'm, I'm a, a believer. believer. <laughs> uh 3 to 1 click. Retail issuing. Issuing. Okay. <laughs> Maybe something about Coupons, um, or rece- okay. receipts, or something, or both. Well, we've already done. We've done a. We did a papers, please coupon extreme couponing game. So it needs to be different. Oh, than did that. We? Yeah, we did. Jesus Christ, <laughs> we, did, we did one. We had to like check all the <laughs> conditions on the coupons and make sure they're all right. <laughs> um, maybe this is a different. Maybe this is the different end of it. Maybe this is. Uh, like some sort of marketing simulation where you have to issue the coupons. Uh, and it's a balance between making them, uh, attractive enough, but you need to, like, we could make it that it's really easy, basically, for the extreme couponers to, uh, uh, take advantage of. So you have to be mm-hmm. really careful and make them, like, ironclad. Uh, but if they're not, if they're not valuable enough, then people won't buy your stuff. Yeah, I mean, really, there's one clause that you can you can really screw the um, extreme couponing group um, out of everything. Cannot be used with any other offers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's going to be some sort of penalty for that. Maybe this is a game where it's sort of a bit more abstract than that, and it's almost more of a puzzle game where you've got a goal of- I don't know, a certain amount of sales or or something, but you've only got certain tools and those tools are like the conditions that you can put on it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, so the, so it ends up being like the ratio of new sales versus money lost because of your lost profits. So if you, and, and maybe they like stack. So early on, it's like, okay, I've got one, I, I can, I can set a range for, I don't know, percentage off, um, but I've only got I can I've only got one slot for conditions and I've only got like two conditions to choose from and it's either um you know maximum three per customer or uh expires next week. Yeah, or exactly or expire <laughs> or expire, yeah. Because then it could come down to how many you print as well. Like if you print too many early on of a this doesn't expire, then they're gonna be coming back to haunt you and you're gonna lose money for you know, you're gonna be constantly just sort of hemorrhaging money as people come and, and use these these coupons on your products. Um, but yeah, you later especially on- what I'm thinking is especially later on where you've already put a sale on mm. for this one particular item of say fifty percent. Yes, and then 
this first coupon that you that you released happened to have, you know, um, a twenty five percent off the ticketed price. Exactly, and that's all it said. Yes. Like, so I like that idea of it building up over time. All the coupons you make. Um, are still going to be out there to some degree. And yeah, you can send an expire on them, but like you've only got enough room for a certain number of conditions. <laughs> um, and then it kind of, yeah, I think it just, just comes down to, I don't know how it's presented as such. Like it could even be like you sort of see quickly a sort of a series of customers come through and you get a tally of what coupons they're making. Uh, like it's sort of, or they're using, sorry. Uh, so maybe it's like, okay, we need to put in a new coupon. And then it sort of does a, a time lapse of a month's time mm-hmm. visualize sort of I'm thinking just maybe a, a pretty simple eight bit sort of style of customers coming in past the checkout buying the you know, you, cause you might have different products as well, right? Like a range of five or 10 products. Um, so you're also choosing what to put on sale at what time and that sort of thing. But it comes, it comes by and says, okay, like ding, 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 ding. And basically gives you a st- statistically significant um, sampling of, well, this many of this type of coupon were used. Um, and, and this is how much money you're making per sale and that sort of thing. I'm seeing this as like a um, a mum and pops sort of grocery store, um, sort of like it's a, it's a full on simulator. So if you wanted to, you could sort of um, jump into the manager's shoes and, mm-hmm. and basically say, okay, he's he's out there on the till. So you can you've got like almost a, a clicker sort of sort of thing happening that you're oh. Um, able to you know each each time that you click you're sort of scanning an item and then you've you've got to put in the bag or something like that you can okay have so you're thinking the, the, the coupon of, stuff is maybe only one aspect of it's a one aspect on. of of a of a full-on like um well like i think it needs market to be simulator sort of thing yeah rather than rather than a, a rather than a um just a you know farm simulator and all those sort of things you've yeah. got this is a market simulator yeah maybe and there are, i could see a few ways you could go with it i feel like with the coupon thing if that's going to be your focus you can't i don't think your product range can be too wide right because you need it needs to be that you you're you're putting out new coupons for the same products as you has have previously so that you get that opportunity for them to to stack and and build up and and come back to bite you in the butt um i was yeah. almost wondering if it could be a a mobile game, like it's a bit of a bit of an idle game, but the way that you influence it is by putting out these coupons and maybe by like raising and lowering prices of other products and that sort of thing. Um, so you could have a bit where you you can just sit there and click away if you like, and maybe that can give you a bit of extra. Maybe you can upsell. Maybe if you're there, like actively in front of it, you can make a bit of extra extra cash because you upsell things that you know impulse buys and stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. otherwise, it just kind of runs in the background on your phone. You can come back and check, and you can see, oh, how many of this type of coupon we use? Ah, shit! Like I, f- I forgot that, you know, that those two were, were gonna, um, were gonna influence each other, and people were gonna be able to use them together. And I've just sold out of all this stock, and they were all sold at a loss. Um, and so then but you need it to- could also be that you've put out, you know, four hundred coupons for this one particular um, piece of stock. Something happened from from. The uh, what's it called? Uh, from the supplier, they couldn't supply four hundred of these yeah. things. And so now you're in trouble because you've got all these people showing up. You've not got the stock to to actually deal with it. How do you deal with this now? Do you um, choose a, a like-minded off uh, um, item that yeah. you can that you can discount, or is that going to do actually you give them, like, lower a your profit check, margins? Or, or do you yeah? But or do you just end up with a bunch of in, in this one? You customers. put a, you put like a um, a week's worth of expiry date on this particular coupon. So, right. 
you know, you could you could definitely have that sort of bite you in the ass as well. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I like the idea of being a phone game, and then you'll get a notification of like, you know, shortage at the supplier for this thing in stock, and you have to sort of make a decision about how you're going to deal with it, like what the policy is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I, that's I cool. feel like there's a lot of depth there that could be really fun, um, and has has the opportunity to actually be quite a. Uh, like use a lot of the mobile gaming kind of um, revenue generating stuff, but without necessarily <laughs> being too annoying. Do you know what I mean? Like it, cause there's all those fucking idle games out there and stuff. And I, I guess I kind of get the appeal of them, but they just flood the store. And once you've played it for like two minutes, it's like, Oh, okay. So I literally just never click it again. Like, I don't know. Or like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. But whereas this could, could give you a bit more strategy as to how it could move forward as opposed to just always progressing forward, you know? Well, the DLC is you purchase other aisles in the in the store, in which that you want to um you want to add coupons to. Right, so you get different ranges. So you've got like the health food aisle. You've got the um, you've got like the deli. You've got like the fresh produce. And as you do that, you've got to deal with more coupons and you know. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do it that way. I was kind of originally thinking it as like a electronic store or something like bigger ticket items, but. Um, mm-hmm. I could see how it could work well for obviously for well, grocery extreme coupons. couponing. Sort it's of usually definitely feels yeah. It's usually like um, groceries. Yeah, grocery. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, I like that. That's nice. It's a. It's got some sweet mechanics in there. Comic drill. Oh, all right. We don't do many like comic book sort of inspired themes. Uh, mm-hmm. Is so what sort of what sort of comic book character would have a drill or be a drill or have a part of their body be a drill. Um, so, it's a hero called the Handyman. Okay. He's got basically a a drill with lots of different bits that he can sort of <laughs> deal with. Um, okay. You know, he can he can drill out rivets. He can um, put on like a Phillips bit and, and like screw in bits of wood and shit. <laughs> where's, um, the, where's the superhero bit come from? Because <laughs> at the moment, it's literally just a handyman. <laughs> Well, most of the time he is a handyman. That's his secret identity. When okay. he's like out there as the handyman, he, he sprouts um, an extra six hands. No, <laughs> he gets an extra six drills, <laughs> but just still just has two hands. <laughs> um, I- I'm thinking. Have you ever seen the movie Super? Yes, with uh, Rain, uh, Rain, Wilson. Rain Wilson, and oh, was that? Um, yes, what's her name? It was James Gunn. Yeah, it was James Gunn, but who else was in it? Wasn't it um, Ellen Page? Nathan Fillion, wasn't it? Wasn't Ellen Page in that? Oh, she could have been. Wasn't Nathan Fillion like was in it, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, yes, yep. I do recall that it. it's um, sort of an R-rated guy who's trying to be a superhero. And literally has no powers, but he yeah, just he beats just, like, the beat shit the sh- out of people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah, think it was Ellen Page, literally yeah. the handyman, he just, like, drills into into um, into the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> just a violent, <laughs> a violent vigilante, basically. Uh, all right. I wonder then, to flip this around a little bit, I wonder if you play someone trying to stop the handyman. The handyman does think he's a hero. And he is only hurting bad guys. But he's literally drilling holes in their skulls. Uh, yep. And, and other parts of their body. So, it's not really a kind of, you know, good way to go about this. I don't know whether you play another superhero or just a cop or or just a person, like their friend, and you've 
you realize that that your friends is the secret identity of the handyman and you're just like, holy shit, dude, you're a fucking murderer. Like, <laughs> I know they're criminals, but you can't just go around murdering people with a fucking drill. <laughs> um, I'm not sure where the gameplay necessarily comes in. Um, that sort of points it more towards a, a narrative-driven, you know, something if, you, if you're not playing an action-based hero. Uh, or maybe, maybe you flip back and forth. Maybe you get to maybe it like starts off in a full on classic uh golden or silver age comic book style, you know, intro. You know, the handyman. Uh he you and you start off in sort of an action adventure sort of thing. You jump around, you've you you hear on your police scanner that there's a robbery going on, and then you fucking kill these guys with a drill and blood goes everywhere. And then it cuts to <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it's it's the whole, you know, um, I'll save you, like, 1940s, 1950s-esque yeah. sort of thing. And then, exactly. like, then he just gets the drill out and just puts it straight into the guy's eye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just totally changes <laughs> changes the, uh, uh, yeah, the tone. Um, and, and then it um, talks about, like, the police are, are searching for the driller killer. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it I think it cuts to like a barbecue that you're having the next day. And or, or like you you're now playing the neighbor and you go over and you want to borrow a drill and you're like it's covered in like matted hair and blood. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe not that obvious. <laughs> maybe not that obvious, but <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just really love the juxtaposition of of like this um classic, you know, um, early Superman-esque. Yeah, um, well, that's what I mean. Over the, like, the top golden sort of age or silver age and- kind of back in the 60s style um, comic book. And With then like I think- Sin City-esque violence. and Yeah, shit. yeah, basically. <laughs> I wonder then though, in between, does, does it cut to kind of regular graphic or does it stay that style the whole game? Oh, it stays that style the whole game. Um, it just, you know, it gets ultra-violent in parts. Um, I love the idea of it- um, because if you're switching back to the neighbor, of it kind of flickering out of that mode, and and you see like a really realistic view, <laughs> or maybe <laughs> maybe it's while you're yeah, or maybe you get glimpses from someone else's perspective, and so when you're playing the handyman, he he sees himself as this silver age comic book hero, and then you'll just kind of get like a a shot, a cut away, or a flicker or something, and you just see this like dark gory scene where he now just looks like like he's in the same pose but you make it that now he just looks like a fucking serial killer's murderer you know um he's spattered in yep. blood and then it kind of flickers back into his perspective and he's just like heroic now the blood splatters you know spell oh, I'm, out i'm just imagining a, a like American the shadows and stuff in in like the um in like the more realism esque you know gory sort of thing yeah and then it goes flips over to the silver slash golden age and it's all bright colors and exactly yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i kind of i kind of like the idea of playing a few different characters in that a la um like your um uh, what's <clears throat> it called heavy rain you right. know how that flips yep. around between a few different characters so yep. you're, you're sort of playing different characters within the story Ooh, but i like the idea then of each of them having a different like visual style, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Um, and then you know exactly who you who you're sort of playing, just yeah. based on based on the style. Like, um, so yeah, I like the idea that the handyman has 
you know, his demented Silver Age of comic books style. Um, the cop have their that has their like gritty noir. You know, they 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 try like to solve this thing. It's like desaturated, deep shadows. Yeah, um, yep. it's always raining. <laughs> And then you cut to, I don't know, is it just a regular, like, it's closer to what actual reality is, or, or do we have something um, even completely different? Well, I'm thinking, like, there's a there's another person who has, like, an Archie comic sort of view of the world. <laughs> okay. Where, where there's sort of, like, um, it's all very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not that not that over the top. It's um, not like the, the America, you know, superhero-esque thing. It's more high school- or maybe, it's, or maybe it's closer thing. to like Casper or Richie Rich style. <laughs> like it actually changes the views because <laughs> they were very wholesome comics. Like everyone was pretty yeah. nice to each other. Um, and so it's this person who just like is a super optimist. And yeah, I love and it. So you have some scenes. <laughs> and so when you get when you get scenes of these people interacting with each other, that's where it really gets funny. Because you start to like be able to switch back and see different aspects of the conversation from each point of view and it's just they're not on the same page at all <laughs> or maybe you just like later on like we if, if we didn't want to switch back and forth that quickly it's just like you get flashbacks or you replay the same conversation from the other side or something from the other person's point yeah, of view yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that'd be really cool i like that a lot yeah i i'm really enjoying the the like I mean, juxtaposition is always one of my favorite favorite things in in games when they're showing something. Well, that, yeah, like, just subverting totally expectations and- a bit, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, particularly when it comes to to what video games traditionally do well, anyway, which is a lot closer to a kind of comic book style thing, where all very black and white hero villain kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I'd play the fuck out of that. All right, three, two, one, click here. <laughs> Operator. Encouragement. Okay. So, immediately I thought of phone operator. Yep. Um, but it could be. <clears throat> it could be something else, like operator of some kind of machinery. But, uh, I mean, my mind went to a a dark place initially, which is like some sort of suicide hotline thing. But I don't know if we want to go there. Um, you can no, give I'm, encouragement I'm in different as, ways. I'm seeing this as like an earlier operator. Like, um, yeah. sort of actually having to physically- To r- route calls. You know, connect route calls. Um, and because it's a very, very much a thankless job, you know, you, you need some encouragement to actually keep this going. Mm-hmm. And um, so, I think it could be like a, a bit of a play on sort of like, you know, early 50s society that- Yeah, well- The operator was predominantly like- um, a well, it was a female job. Yeah, you know, it, I'm not being sexist. It's no, just no, no, no. Yes, uh, I believe that. Yeah, it was mostly women uh, who did that job. And and look, we can play with that as well because you know, part of being women, a woman, particularly in the 50s, was you're not taken seriously, right? Uh, yeah. And so the character could use that to their advantage. Um, and, and sort of because I like the idea of. You're almost solving a mystery. Then you're able to you're able to listen in on phone calls surreptitiously, maybe when you shouldn't be, but uh, that starts giving you exposition about things that are going on. You start recognizing the people who are calling in and asking to be connected places, uh, mm-hmm. and and then you can I don't know maybe you can even start noticing 
you know, particular lights are on on your switchboard, which means this line is active and that, you know, means that a certain person is talking or, or that a certain, you know, phone is being used or something. Yeah, and I kind of like the idea that there's like a a line that you're you're sort of told at the start that um, this particular line will must always stay clear. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's only used in in like the most strictest dire of circumstances. Like, yeah, yeah. And then yeah, you see it end of the first act. <laughs> end of the first act. You know, basically the entire thing's lit up, and there's nowhere else for you to put this right. put this line. And right, you and you're getting to, real pressure like, from them. It's like, no, I need to be connected, you know, right now. So you you end up having to use that, yeah. And just, I, I'm just imagining the um the issues that'll that'll come out of that. Oh, I wonder if you could even go paranormal with it, or maybe not paranormal, but like aliens or something, or like government conspiracy with with. Yeah, I'm thinking in black I'm thinking definitely government conspiracy because I'm thinking like this is an early, early, early version of the NSA. That you work for. Right. You know, the whole idea of being able to listen in on phone calls and that sort of stuff. Like, you know, you're sort of encouraged to um to listen in and take take notes. Um yeah. well, there you certain- go. the NSA was formed in nineteen fifty two, so you got the time timing, right? Uh I, I kinda like the idea that this is an early sort of thing, but yeah. what you're listening out for is certain, certain, certain keywords. keywords. Ah, that's neat actually. I like that idea that you know, they're trying to keep you in the dark. You don't have clearance. You're, no. you're basically just a cog in their machine. But And so, yeah, they just give you a list of keywords or a list of names or something. And you have to, like, flag the times, you know, write down in your notebook when something happens. But, yeah, inevitably, you start finding things out and, and you know, you start keeping maybe your own secret notebook. <laughs> um, and it's going to kind of start solving things yourself. That'd be cool. Yeah. And-, and- I like the idea of there being some mundane phone calls that just sort of- Yeah, of course, of course. And look, you don't want to bore the player, but uh, I think maybe you've just got these sort of side stories going on a bit. You want them interested enough, interesting enough. Um, so, maybe the sort of more mundane phone calls have a few sort of soap opera-ish stories going on. I, I like the idea that she's sort of talking to her mum, sort of saying, oh, th- these are kind of like my stories yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I just listen into these people and, and it's like, it's fascinating learning about- how James's mum has been really sick, but she's been getting better and all this sort of stuff. And they start going through these things. But then something that she hears is also like, it's quite concerning or- Yeah. 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 Well, you could have some some situations where she hears something that, you know, she should really report to the police or something. You can kind of make a choice about that. Um, not to do with the conspiracy, just a general kind of, you know, morality thing. Morality thing. Yeah. Uh, but also, I then like the idea, though, that once you do start finding out about this government conspiracy, you realize that one of the sort of stories you've been following actually is involved with it. Um, so, what you thought was a, a mundane story going on, it's actually been like code words the whole time. And once you've, like, once you've <laughs> learned those code words, it's like, oh, fuck. And you can go back through your notes and realize the whole time they're like communicating in code. <laughs> When they were talking it's about like James's mum being plot sick or, or whatever, like that. yeah, or or just like government plot or whatever, yeah, like some some faction, and and you you manage to decode the code, and yeah, then you can, you can go back and listen and go, oh fuck, yeah, when, when they're saying James' mum is sick, they actually meant, you know, the 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 leader of of this country is 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 out and about or, or has been assassinated or something, you know, <laughs> or should be assassinated. So. I've been playing quite a bit of like um, 
the Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games mm-hmm, lately. Mm-hmm. So I'm really in that in that mood of investigations and like finding evidence out and all this sort of stuff. I see this this sort of game as perfect for something on the on like a three DS or even a Switch. Just something that you can you can interact with the touchscreen. Yeah. While also um, you know, being able to take some notes and, you know, select pieces of um evidence of, or something or, or knowledge. Evidence or select lines of lines of dialogue to actually Marked down in in a notebook sort mm-hmm. of thing. I think that would actually really feel like you're you're part and parcel of of yeah. what sort of information I you want to track. I almost see it a little bit like, and I never actually played this, even though I've been meaning to for a long time. Um, that game, Her Story, where I mean, only sort of, but just in that it's it is these pre recorded stories, but you're getting different bits of them at different times, and having to kind of piece them together based on that, um, and and. And then no, because I think the ch- sorts of choices you have to make are, you know, which line do you listen into at, at any particular time? You know, I could listen in yeah. over here and see if, if you know, Freddie and, and Janet are going to hook up. Or I can listen over here where, you know, the head of security at fucking B- B- Bane Tower, I don't know, <laughs> who's in deep <laughs> with the, the president or whatever. You know what they're talking about, um, but you can only listen to one, or you can try to switch back and forth, but you're going to miss bits, and yeah, and maybe later on though you get like extra tools to maybe record certain lines while you're listening to another, so you can hear back, or yeah, different different things. Yeah, um, I'm I'm sort of seeing the way that the that the phones work is very much not not with a rotary or anything like that. You know, it's that it's that old style of the the earpiece that you put up to your ear, you got the actual microphone part actually on the phone itself and you you like crank the um you crank the line to actually get the operator's attention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean sort of like whatever the, the Mary Poppins esque. Yeah, yeah, I know phone, what you mean. You I just, were that. they still in regular use in the fifties? I don't know what they had then. In this particular place they are. Sure. <laughs> just that's for the why, physicality. That's why you've got the that's why you got the operator who has to physically change the the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, well, I mean I think they did still have the operators. It's more about just you know, yeah, it's like who I'm picturing like you've got all the big jacks in front of you as well, right? Like plug in oh, here, yeah. plug in there, connect them together, plug your headphones into one and you can listen or whatever, you know. Yeah, I'm I'm really picturing all these different lines and you can sort of choose which one you you're listening into at a time just by taking the um the line out and putting it in the other one. And- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Could work really well in VR as well. I don't know if you'd wanna necessarily sit there for that long in VR, but um yep. just obviously the 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 act of literally grabbing the the plugs and, and plugging them into the switchboard and holding the the thing up to your ear could be could be kind of neat. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Okay. I I think that's yeah. That's got a I like it. A lot of stuff that we could do with three, two, one, click. Some good ones tonight. Break. Fake. <laughs> but it's break as in B R A K. Oh, okay. Fake break. Well, mine's fake as in F-E-A-K. No, I'm just kidding. That's not a word. F-A-K-E. <laughs> <laughs> fake break. Okay. Fakey breaks. There was a game called- What was that? Breaky. There was a mobile game where you had no breaks and you were going down a hill and you just couldn't stop. Um, <laughs> that should have been called fakey breaks, but it was called something else. Maybe- because just because I can't particularly think of any gameplay to go with this, maybe this is a narrative hook that that starts the game. Something around somebody's brakes being switched out or replaced with fake brakes. Um, 
whether it's car brakes, bicycle brakes, downhill go-kart brakes. I kind of like the idea of this being like a a kid's mystery. Yeah. That um, it, it's sort of like a- Like a- Just um, um, Enid Blyton. A kid's version of, of, say, like a Ace Attorney or something like that. Like the Famous which, Five or the Secret um, Seven. The first case has to do with your friend Polly, mm-hmm. her um, bicycle brakes. Yep. Um, while she was in the, in the shops, she um, she locked up her bike. She came back out. Uh, she started riding down a hill, and she went to turn on, uh, hit the brakes, and nothing happened yep. because they were actually fake. Yeah. Um, she crashed, but she's o- she's okay. Um, she's like broke but, broke her arm or something. Yeah. So the idea is you're now you know trying to trying to talk to different people around and and find witnesses and do some basic investigation sort yeah. of thing. None of them take you um, seriously because you're a child, but. That's yeah. part of the challenge. Harry yeah, the spy. I, just, I like the idea of having having like a a younger kid sort of around seven or eight that's you know taking this very seriously. That's someone's like stolen her brakes and replaced them with with like fake ones. Well, I think maybe this is just the first in a number of uh, sabotage attacks that are happening around yep. your small little neighborhood. Um, so yeah, first it's Polly's brakes. Next it's, um, Jimmy's baseball is like replaced with one that's filled with dog shit. And so when he hits it, it explodes <laughs> everywhere in the middle of the big baseball game. Uh, maybe not dog shit. That's maybe a bit too. Oh, um, I mean, no, I don't flower. Know, eight year olds. Maybe flower. Not. Yeah. I okay. like the idea of this. This massive flower cloud. And it's like, oh, my God, Jimmy just exploded the baseball. <laughs> and then because it's the 21st century, everyone's like, anthrax. Actually, that's more of this. Well, it's the start of the 21st century, maybe. Um, yeah. No, it's it's a bit more innocent than that, I think. Uh, yeah. And and so it's it's all about, yeah, it's 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 basically an investigation game where you're you're playing a, a preteen. Um, and, the, yeah, all well, the, the things that come with that. Uh, a bit of Goonies in there, less like mm-hmm. adventuring through fucking dark sewers and more just running around town doing cool shit. But that sort of vibe, you know, a bit of you got cool inventions in your treehouse and stuff. You got your, your base, <laughs> base of operations. Oh, I'm, ca- I'm kind of seeing this as as like this is just the first of a series of mysteries that that this kid's solving. And like this first mystery, once they solve it, they sort of they get their core group of kids together and they just sort of um it's kind of like a as you said before like the famous five or secret seven or something like that you've got that sort of um group of four kids that that are just sort of like the um i know they're the miscreants sort of or the the outcasts yeah yeah and i think they uh i think they interact then with obviously the other kind of cliques in the in the town You've got the older kids, like the teenagers, but, you know, who, yeah. who at first I, I view think- you with derision, but maybe as you sort of start finding evidence, they start to respect you a bit more and, and maybe help you out. Yeah, I kind of see them as, like, you've got the sixth grade kids who are, like, the- um, They're, like, the the big kids of the yard. Yeah. But then you've got, like, the, the grade four or grade five bullies that, um, mm-hmm. that you know, give, give you hell a la, you know, the- the um, really annoying kids in the movie It. Right. Yes. Yeah. I'm seeing that, you know, they, they sort of get attacked and that sort of stuff. 
Um, yeah, lots of running away on bikes, a bit of, you know, Stranger Things, right? Stranger Things is that yeah. they're trying to hit the same nostalgia points we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, there's nothing supernatural no, going on. No, 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 on. no, no. I think it it's just- I think maybe you get into some, again, like, not in this case where it's just people sabotaging people's crap, but like the Secret Seven Famous Five, I think they end up solving, like, real crimes- uh, yeah. So I think you you do end up getting sort of to some to some more serious, and not like murders and <laughs> rapes and stuff, <laughs> but you know robberies maybe hitting. It reminds hit me of a of lot of South Park episodes mailbox. in which, like, um, one of the kids ends up you know helping the police out because they're they're like, um, you know, getting him to come in and solve a murder and all this sort of stuff. It's they always go over the top with that sort of yeah yeah <laughs> those sort of stories. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think that could be, could be a really cool story. Fun for the environment artist. Do we set it in the eighties or is it modern? Seventies. Or even, even further back. Stand by me then. Yeah. Sixties, seventies. That's, that to me Stand is- Stand by me was set like, in the late sixties, right? It was made in the eighties, but it was set Yeah, I think the, so. I think set in the sixties. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause as, as adults, it was set in the eighties. Yeah, so exactly, yeah, it would have been yeah. about the sixties. Yeah. Um, I could, I could see that. Late sixties, early seventies. So you got, um, I mean, you're gonna have to try and get some Beatles music and that sort of stuff, like because that'll really set the set the period. Um, oh, I'm seeing this as as like if you really hit like the music pretty well, like radio in the background and all this sort of stuff, you could really set the scene really well for for the whole thing. Oh yeah, there'd be some great period stuff you could do just to make it, uh, yeah, to make to make it really. Get that, get that time, get that period right, you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just wondering what the main characters. I'm kind of going like a, um, a rhyming with Polly. I kind of like the idea of Molly. Holly and Polly. They're Holly, being best Molly friends. And for, Polly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, their friend, Ollie. Ollie. Yeah. That, this is why <laughs> they're friends. They get, they get, uh, they get teased a bit. Uh, yeah, but uh, because of their rhyme names, but it's actually incidental that they all, you know, rhyme. I, I kind of like that this this uh, core group of three girls and this one guy called Ollie, who, you know, is sort of in there just to just to um, you know, sort of be be the token male in the in the yeah, group. Totally. Well, yeah, I think he's just he's just one of those one of those guys who gets along better with with girls at that age, and mm-hmm. they're all a bit kind of. Dorky, a bit nerdy, a bit, you know. I mean, one of them's- One of the girls is probably in with the cool kids a bit more than the others. You know, you sort of got to go down that route. But yeah. uh, but in general, they're, you know, they're all pretty pretty smart kids who, yeah. I like the idea mysteries. that Molly actually has, like, an older brother who's who's in, in like, the cool kid group. Mickey, so- Mickey and Molly. <laughs> <laughs> their, their parents went with, like, alliteration- Whereas as a friend group, they all went with rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Three to one click. Yeah. Crisp. Yellow. I mean, I think crisp and I think sort of a UK-ish crisps are potato chips. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm I'm thinking potato crisps that are in like a yellow packet is like the MacGuffin in this particular game. Okay. Um, yeah, that, that would work if you're going narrative. Uh, I guess, yeah, that's probably the way to go. Oh, even, we don't wanna- even action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I guess I just meant rather than some sort of systems-based things where you're, like, making crisps or something. <laughs> no, that, that's oh, not interesting. No. Uh, okay, so a bag of crisps. Maybe this is more like a stoner, like a UK stoner story. Um, yeah. I feel like that's an area that's not too <laughs> explored in games. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, maybe a bit of- Dude, where's my car? Vibe mixed with yeah, kind of like, like even a, Dead or a British Jane Silent Bob sort of thing yeah, as well. Yeah, like it's yeah, a, it's a buddy pairing. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, let's come up with who this who or this a Harold is. and Kumar. Yeah. All right, let's make it a guy and a girl. They're friends. They like hooked up once when they were drunk, but decided they went into it. So mm-hmm. now they just hang out, get stoned, eat crisps, and. Yep. Watch uh, Neighbours. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I love it. Look, that's- and it's old reruns too. Like, of course. It's, 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 like, it's all- It's fucking- All Kylie Minogue and- Yeah. Craig McLaughlin yes. and- the, Yeah. The wedding between fucking- I don't know, remember. I don't, Charlene. Was it? Yeah, Charlene. It was Charlene, wasn't it? Of course, it was fucking Charlene. Charlene. <laughs> And then we get to have people doing like British actors doing Aussie accents, like putting them on as a joke. (laughs) Charlie, I I mean, I can't, I can barely do a British accent, much less them putting on an Aussie accent. Uh, So a British accent doing an Aussie accent saying the worst bloody name, yeah, neighbors ever came up with. Uh, Um, Yeah, so oh no, sorry, Toady is the worst one that they ever came up with. Yeah, that was pretty bad. All right. So, w- this is- Yeah, this has got to be then wacky adventures ensue somehow. Uh, is it yep. that, like, their last last bag of, of yellow crisps gets, like, knocked out the window? Like, they have to go out for more crisps? Yeah. So, I I see that the, the very start of it is- um, Okay, now I'm trying to think of a, a name that isn't Holly Molly or Polly. Um, uh- Emma. Yeah. Okay. So, I like that Emma's sitting on the couch and she yells out to Barry. Um, sure. Hey, Barry, we got any cheese and onion crisps left? And he goes I like the idea the that they literally just it. call them yellow crisps. They probably are huh? something like cheese and onion, but, like, they just call them yellow. <laughs> Barry. We got any yellow Barry, left? we got any yellow crisps left? Okay, why can't I get into- A British, British accent. accent. <laughs> anyway- <laughs> This is why we don't, like, do any actual character work on this show, because we're terrible. Terrible at it. Uh, but, okay, so I see Barry is sort of like a- um, Like, one of those really dopey stoners. Okay. Who um, goes to the cupboard Just and- Just stands there for, like- Stands there for, like- Half an hour. Half an hour. And then she finally comes out and goes, have we got a yellow? And he goes, oh, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have to they have to sort of like go off right, as they're going off and here's what I think. I think this is a co op Metroidvania, sort of yep. in the style of um Guacamele ish. Yep. Love it. So like side scrolly kind of thing. Um one mm-hmm. person obviously plays Barry, one person person plays <laughs> Emma. <laughs> Uh, maybe their friends come along if you want to up it to four players. I don't know. And then I don't know. Is there- Now I'm kind of regretting that I said that. Because is there combat? Is there- I wonder if you could go a bit more of a narrative Metroidvania. Do you know what I mean? 
Like, it's still that sort of style, but it's not around combat as such. It's- Around exploration. It's around exploration. Yeah. Maybe platforming. Maybe platforming rather than than combat. So, I like the idea that there's there's combat moves. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you can press buttons and they and they kick and punch and, sh- and stuff. Yeah, but it's it's literally if if you go into it thinking, oh yeah, there's a person coming down the street, you just c- you can start beating the shit out of them, and it's like yeah, that's one way to play. Right. But you can also go the pacifist, and the pacifist version basically, you know, it's it's more around you know you have conversations with people and find out find out stuff that way. Okay. So basically, you can either go down the route of Beating the shit out of people to get the information. Yeah. Or you just talk to them <laughs> and solve, solve dialogue puzzles and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> Maybe it depends on how stoned you are. <laughs> I feel like you're going to be a bit more placid the, whole, the higher I, your character is. I just find it so funny. Every time that we, you sort of go into one of these games, you just expect, oh, yeah, I've got all these combos I can do. <laughs> and I'm, I'm seeing combos everywhere. Written. <laughs> so you just start going in and you start doing them. I love, you know- Guacamole yeah. or Castle yeah. Crashes or something like that. But the funny thing is, all you really need the combos for is just breaking boxes and shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> breaking open crisp bags. Um, yeah, look, I don't know if- I like I like the idea of that. I don't know if gameplay-wise gameplay wise it actually works that well now that I'm thinking about it, but it still kind of would be an interesting challenge to make that work. I kind of like it. Like, maybe yeah. to unlock things, you get, like, different strains of weed- um, that's, they like maybe power you up in different ways. Like you can blow big, uh, billows of smoke that, you know, will, will show up, show hidden, uh, platforms. You, you can, um, you can get one strain that will slow down time because it's just like really trippy, man. <laughs> and then I, I can't, I can't like the idea that Barry doesn't smoke weed, but he's, He's um, heavy into vaping. <laughs> right. So, he's just blowing mad cotton and then you can like jump on yep. the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Get up to secret areas and things. <laughs> yeah. I love it. <laughs> Dude, where's my car? Dude, where's my mini? Dude, where's my yellow? <laughs> Dude, where's my yellow? There you go. Fuck. Yes. Dude, where's my yellow? <laughs> Title of the episode. Three to one click. Uh, three to one click. User. Nay. Nay as in N-A-Y. N-A-Y. Okay. So, the opposite of yay. Yay or nay. Some sort of student government. I don't know. It's it's a narrative of what happens in this world when someone reading through like one of those- um, one of those license agreements. (laughs) Okay. Clicks nay. Right. They do not agree. They do not agree. Okay. But the software still gets installed. So, it's like a legal drama? <laughs> um, well, it's a satirical legal it, drama. I think it's, I think it's like, uh, say, they were trying to install, you know, Apple iTunes or something like that. Why? And they- Why would you ever do that? Anyway, go on. But they did. Um, and they clicked nay, but the software still got installed. Okay. And then from then on, like, they started noticing- like they felt like they were being watched, and <laughs> like somewhere and just, in that, like somewhere deep in that user agreement, it says if you don't agree with this, you are actually agreeing to like long term <laughs> surveillance by Apple computers uh, <laughs> to ensure that you never install this software. Well, what I'm what I'm sort of seeing is 
Um, you know that one of my favourite movies of all time is Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. Know I, that. I'm I'm picturing that in in the user agreements because no one ever reads these things. Of course, but basically, um, there are a number of um, clauses that if you don't agree to, you can actually unleash hell on earth. Right, sort of thing. The whole idea is that ev- anyone who who installs one of these things, they're always going to click "I agree." Yes. But as part of like this agreement to keep the old ones at bay, um, they have to give the option for the um, for the nay button, and this person just happens to have been the the one hundredth person to click nay, and that's like given them enough souls or something to yeah, it's it's given them enough power to to actually reverse the um what's been holding them back, which is the everyone clicking agree on the user agreements. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's yeah. it's got just as much. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. senses what no. Cabin in the Woods does. No, I'm not. I just I'm not, like the, uh, this idea of this. I'm not against um, this supernatural sort of um, license agreement, and it's all on Apple products. <laughs> it's actually the end of users' agreement. <laughs> it's like that whole, you know, how to cook cook man or something. What was it? No. Uh, it was- yes. Covered in a smudge on your screen, on everybody's screen at all times. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perpetual like smudge. Uh, Whatever you go to read it, unless you've clicked nay, you don't actually see it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm picturing some men in black people start following you. Um, all right, what sort of like perspective are we taking here? Is this like first person, like a bit of Stanley Parable kind of walking sim? Yeah. Humor- yeah. Is it I humorous like or is it like serious? As in like, it's not actually serious because it's ridiculous, but like, does it take itself seriously? Like Cabin in it the Woods- It takes itself very yeah, seriously. Like Cabin in the Woods takes itself seriously, right? Like it's yeah. it's funny to the watcher, but it, it's not- Yeah, like it's internally consistent to the to the people involved. Uh, exactly. So, it's like- So, it's um, a bit more like I- that. Yeah. Yeah. Re- really, really selling itself into into the absurdity of it. Yeah. Um, I think- I think that that makes more sense. Like having, you know, the gritty sort of feeling of you being followed. Um, sound design would be perfect for this, but the the whole idea, kind of like what they um, folks from uh, Resident Evil did with Resident Evil Seven, where they put it into the eyes of the person, it mm. made it feel so much more claustrophobic. Yeah, I like that idea of you know you're hearing footsteps. So from does behind it become almost a bit of a horror game then, like a suspenseful? Um, I think yeah. I think yes. Bit of even a bit of gone home in the way that that was telling a story through a lot of suspense, uh, but it, obviously in this case it's it is, it escalates as opposed to becoming a really nice story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I like that. Mm. Um, I, I think there can be like some stories being told through like text messages on your phone. Yeah. And then there's the occasional message that you get from from like this creepy stalker sort of person. Well, yeah, and I like that. Oh, I like the idea of a text message showing up on your phone, like a notification showing up on your phone, and it's like the start of a message that's really suspicious, but then you click on it and it's not in your messages because um, it's like been, you know, it was accidentally sent or it was, yeah, it was like part of the fact that they're tracking you. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea that the phone that you're using, that's what, you, that's what you've declined the user agreement on. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay. So, you know, when installing the phone for the first time- Runs through a thing where you're doing some basic setup on this phone, yep. and it gets to the the whole um, 
yay or nay sort of thing. And that's where it sort of just takes over and like e- either it's um, on purpose or or it's just a sort of slip that she accidentally hits nay when she thinks that she's going to hit yay. Well, maybe she goes um, to hit yay and the button moves because <laughs> they have the old ones have enough power that they were able to influence it. <laughs> like they switch right before you click them or something. Um, yeah, something like that. I, I just I like this idea of of this story being sort of told through the phone. Yeah, 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 for sure. But you're also you're also walking around in first person. Um, but a lot of the ex- walking around lot of the first exposition person. and stuff is is happening on the phone for sure. Um, yeah, well, I just had I just had this fucking image of you know you get used to bringing up your phone to like do things on it. It's obviously a touchscreen. It's a modern it's a modern phone. Uh, but things are starting to get creepier and creepier and. You bring, you know, just like you've done a, t- a bunch of times, you bring the phone up to your face and the front facing camera is an eyeball that's watching you <laughs> just for a second. And then like there's maybe an animation where off. she like drops it or something and like picks it up and it's normal. Um, <laughs> um, for I a like second, the idea yeah. that um, there's, there's like an LED on the front that basically says when the camera's active. Yeah. Yeah. And every now and again, you'll look, you, you'll see out of the corner of your eye that the- um. That it's the, turned on. The LED is turned on, and then you look at it again, and you know it's off. Yeah, there's no recording like being being made or anything like that. And it's like just being able to sort of to play with. Know, well, everyone because, needs to use a cell phone, well, and but- this is it. Like, and people are so used to the functionality of how that works that you could do some really good subverting their expectations uh, in a in a kind of creepy horror way. Um, yeah, to really make that. Uh, disturbing. Ooh. I'm never going to be able I, I to look like at my front-facing camera again. Um, the sort of thing that you're going through is, you know, main, mundane tasks of you go to the supermarket and you're picking you're picking up, you know, ex- ex- this, 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 so that she can, um, you know, make a make a meal for her girlfriend. And then, you know, so that's part of your task. You go down there, but while you're there, like, you get a message from, from your girlfriend saying they can't make it tonight and- you know, you find that a bit weird because you know it's been planned for a week, and but just have it having, you know, that that sort of story being told through mundane tasks as well as weird stuff happening on the phone. Yeah, I think could um could be really quite powerful. Yeah, absolutely. No, there's some there's some really cool shit you could do there. But I, I like the the idea that um you know you get home to and you haven't made dinner at all, and you know. Then you go. Then the girlfriend turns up and you know gets angry because the whole thing was that coming over for for a nice dinner. Or, so you or start something realizing like you, that it's this whole scene where yeah you had this shopping list and you go to the shops and you get all the stuff and you make the dinner and then she turns up and you, you you've actually served a like a gutted cat or something and you didn't realize the whole time like <laughs> Jesus it's Christ. shifted your vision and then you just look around the kitchen and there's just blood splattered everywhere and like viscera. <laughs> this is maybe you late, turn back late around game. and oh, you turn back around and it's not that anymore. Like it, it is just the meal again. Yeah, except like so you don't except know whether the girlfriend is run away screaming by this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like that a lot. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think I reckon we'll- there's time for one more. Three to one click. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of what's your word? Doctor, maker. Making you- Oh, that doesn't work. <clears throat> maker, doctor, doctor maker, Mr. Maker. Pa, 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 pa. 
Um, I, I'm just I'm just picturing like this weird like um, sort of necromantic mad necromantic doctor mad scientist sort of putting together like this this ultimate doctor. Oh, oh, putting um, together the doctor. I thought this was the doctor. Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he maybe he's just a necromancer putting together like this. Um, you know, I'm I'm just trying to trying to think what type of. Well, um, well, maybe maybe it's kind this of like is an amalgamation uh, of, of of all these bits and pieces of all these um, previously deceased doctors. <laughs> well, because I because I thought of Mister Maker, which have you do you know what that is? <laughs> yes, I know what Mister Maker is. Okay, yeah. For those who don't, it's like a kids art show. Maybe this is like a kids necromancy show, <laughs> <laughs> where he's just like, it's the minute make. We're going to make this corpse come to life in less than a minute. This rat corpse. Yep. Can play along at home, kids. Just uh, find your own rat corpse. If you don't, if you don't have a rat corpse pre-made, kill a rat. <laughs> <laughs> the fresher, the better. <laughs> <laughs> and just chant now. Excise the heart. Yeah. <laughs> excise the heart and make sure it's completely squeezed dry, full blood. <laughs> Now, connect the electrodes to the brain. <laughs> well, wait, is this necromancy or is it like Dr. Frankenstein stuff? Because, or a little bit of both. Because uh, I'm thinking like, okay, like draw a pentagram on the ground. <laughs> Make it out of, you yeah, know. I'm, I'm just, I'm loving. Now, get your parents' permission to get three nine volt batteries. <laughs> Remember, kids, don't play with electricity without your parents' permission. Yeah. <laughs> Now, everybody, in your best voice, three, two, one, it's alive! Oh, that's a good bookend for the beginning. Uh- <laughs> Billy, what did you do? You used four 9-volt batteries and you burnt out the brain. You'll have to go get a fresh one. <laughs> You'll have to go get a fresh one. <laughs> go, out, uh, go out to the rat house and uh, now remember, it only counts if you kill it with your bare hands. No weapons. <laughs> <laughs> And don't snap the neck. We need the we need the we spinal need the cord <laughs> intact. <laughs> <laughs> it's a VR game. Oh God, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, so do I. All right. I love it. Let's leave it there. I think uh, that's enough <laughs> gore, viscera, grossness for this week. Thank you for joining us on Bitstorm. <laughs> we are part of the Eight Bit Collective. Go and see other great shows on the uh, who are also part of the 8-Bit Collective on 8bit.net. Uh, you can find us at 8bit.net slash bitstorm, or you can also find all of our stuff at podchaser.com slash bitstorm, all of our social medias and YouTube and that sort of stuff. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. That'd be lovely. Give us some feedback. Tell us uh, what you thought. We are also part of the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just search for AGP Network on Twitter. Or look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Yeah. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. Well, I just wanted to say uh, on AGPN, you if you're a regular listener to the show, you would have noticed last week's episode, the AGPN Shuffle episode came out. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to Rowan and Blue, because uh, this is the first opportunity since listening that we've had to say that they did a really fantastic job. Uh, came up some, with some really funny ideas, and uh, I'm really glad that we got to hand the reins of Bitstorm over, them, over to them for a week. Uh, so go check out episode and 118 and uh, see how they yes. did. 
Um, and we'd like to thank them for for letting us take over their episode. Absolutely, that may uh, be out their by podcast. the time you hear this. It may not, but it'll be out by the end of March. So go look for it. Thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Dude, where's my yellow? <laughs> Mr. Maker. Mr. Maker. <laughs> it's alive. Dr. Maker.